Thank you for tuning in to another installment of Fortifying Your Faith. My name is Hasten Hanley, and today we are going to be discussing a couple of things that we as Christians ought to keep at the forefront of our mind. Because truly, as they say, if you control the head, you can control the body, and that works just as well with spiritual things. And as we begin to discuss and consider these three things today, I want us to truly be able to evaluate our lives afterwards and be able to say that we truly can keep these three things in mind as we ever seek to grow, as we ever seek to be pleasing to the Lord, and as we seek to really strengthen and encourage one another. And so as we begin, I want us to remember God. As we go through our life, as we go through our daily lives, as we go to work, go to school, go wherever we need to go, we need to remember God at the forefront of our mind. As Moses encouraged and uh, taught the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and following, we begin to see exactly how we are to remember God. He says to the children of Israel, Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command you this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt walk, uh, talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be on the frontlets before thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates." We need to have God ever before us, and to have God ever before us, we must remember our relationship with God more than anything. You see, if we remember our relationship with God as we are Christians, as we remember the very fact that we are the children of God, we are the sons and daughters who are adopted through that watery grave of baptism, Romans chapter 8 begins to tell us, that we should not be worried about death, but we should also remember that we as Christians have been adopted. And how are we adopted? By that adoption that makes us joint heirs with Christ and heirs of God. To have that reward, that inheritance, which is that home in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, as Jesus begins to instruct his disciples, on how they ought to pray. He says, And when thou prayest, he says, thou, uh, Our Father which art in heaven. Do we really remember and treat God as if he is our Father who is in heaven? Think about it this way. As we live, as we grow, as we are human beings, many times we look to our parents for advice, for inspiration. Many times we look to our parents for an example. 
And I want us to consider for a moment, when we think of God being our Father, do we take the time to remember truly just that? He is our Heavenly Father. He's the one that created us. He's the one that sent His Son to die for us. But more than anything, do we know our God? Do we know the one that's to ever be before us, the one who we keep as our eyelids ever before our eyes, ever thinking about, ever talking about, ever following after? Because if we, have, if we are to do those things, we must know our God. Job 42, after Job has just gone through his temptations, his trials through the difficulties of his life, after he has just been questioning God, and God comes back and questions him, we find Job in verse 5, Say, Truly I had heard of thee by the hearing of mine ears, but now my eyes seeth thee. Exodus chapter 34, verses 5 through 7, Moses says, God, I want to see you. God said, No man can see me at any time and live, in other verses. But we come down to verse 5. What happens? Moses begins to be hid in the rock. God passes by and begins to show himself to Moses, not physically, but describing himself. I want us to look at verses 5 through 7. It says, And the Lord descended in the cloud, and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him, and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers unto the children, and unto the children's children, unto the third and the fourth generation." God said, you want to know me, Moses? You want to see me? I will describe myself to you and you will be able to live as if you are seeing the invisible. You will be able to live and work and obey me and follow me because you know me. Our God is not just a God of love, though he is a God of love. He's a just God. He's a patient God. He's a merciful God, but he's also a just God. One who will visit the transgression those who will uh, the one who will visit the iniquity on the ones who deserve it and saves mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and sin for us today how how does G, uh, how does god forgive us of our sins and it's through the watery grave of baptism through the blood of jesus his son if we want to keep god ever before us and before our eyes and keep him in mind, we must know God. We must know our relationship to God. And ever remember, if he is our Heavenly Father, we must never seek to disappoint him or anything of the such. But not only that, I want us to remember God's Word and how important God's Word ought to be in our lives. Let's think about it this way. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Paul begins to encourage Timothy. And actually, right, uh, right after this, he warns 
about those who will draw after false doctrine. Really, that's the whole purpose of 2 Timothy. But beginning in verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, the God-breathed Word. That's what inspiration is. The pneumos in the Greek, uh, God-breathed. In fact, we see an example of that, and we'll come back to this verse here in a second. But 2 Samuel 23, 2, it says that thy word was in my tongue, and giving the very idea and error and example of how God inspires. But it says for us as Christians, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Every area of the Christian life, the Word of God can help us with. It's profitable. The Word of God is something that is, should ever be in our mind because of how important it is to salvation, how important it is to be pleasing to God, how important it is to teaching others, how we have been commanded to be the lights of the world, the salt of the earth, how we as Christians are called to be different. How are we to be different? How are we to be pleasing to God? By knowing and by living the inspired Word of God. It's profitable. And in verse 17 it says that the man of God may be perfect, complete, wanting nothing, in need of nothing extra, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If we hold close to God's Word, if we remember God's Word and the importance of God's Word, then we have such a blessing. And that blessing truly is what? We will be furnished completely unto all good works. Not only that, but I want us to keep the idea Not only that we should keep God at the front of our mind, but we should keep God's Word at the front of our mind. I want us to go to a passage that many times we overlook because of its sheer size. I want us to go to Psalm 119 for just a few moments as we discuss the importance of God's Word. I want us to begin in verse 9, and we will read until verse 16. As the psalmist here truly shows the importance of God's Word, shows the need to follow after God's Word, shows so much of how we are to live as Christians, how we are to live as followers of God. He begins in verse 9 by saying, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. 
Friends, are we able to say that very same thing about the Word of God in our own lives? Are we able to look at our lives and to say, I am going to follow after God no matter what. I'm going to study His Word. I'm going to keep it at the front of my mind. I'm going to let light my path. I'm going to remember it and keep it in my mind so I don't sin against God. Do we have the very idea that we are determined to know God's Word? Are we determined that we're going to keep it in our mind? Or are we just going to allow it to slip out? Go off on its own way or are we just going to not make time for it so we just never know it? Brethren, as Christians, as human beings, we ought to know God's Word. We ought to know the importance of God's Word, but we also ought to know God's Word because it is the words of eternal life. We've been told throughout the New Testament, passages like Galatians 1, 8, and 9, many other passages talking about false teaching, talking about those who would go and pervert the gospel. We even find the very idea that Jesus' words proclaimed by the apostles are the words of eternal life. John 6 and verse 68, right after many had began to desert Jesus, after they left him because of his, hear, uh, his speech was too hard to hear, it was too difficult for them to follow, and he turned away from our Savior. And he looks to the apostles and say, Will you go as well? And Paul, uh, rather Peter says, Where shall we go? Thou alone has the words of eternal life. Do we put that grave importance on God's word? Yes, there are times that in our lives, God's word might be difficult for us to hear. It might hurt to hear that the life that we might be living might not be in accordance to God's will. Yes, sometimes we might get our feelings hurt. Yes, sometimes there might be the moment that we need to change. But are we truly living the life of a Christian? Do we really hold fast to God's word as much as we ought to? But to close... I want us to consider for a moment a, a statement that is mentioned in Psalm 51. A psalm written after David had just been confronted by Nathan the prophet, after he had just been told that thou art the man, as he has just been confronted with the sin in his life, he penned this psalm. And as we begin to read it, I want us to consider these things as our final point. Beginning in verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Do we remember the joy of salvation? Do we remember the joy that we have as Christians that we can say, I have been freed from my sins? Do we walk about as people 
who have been given a second lease on eternal life? Do we walk around as someone who knows the truth and longs for others to follow it? Or are we walking around hiding ourselves? Are we walking around hoping that no one will ask us about the Bible? You see, David just didn't stop in verse 12 when he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit, because in verse 13, he's an example to all of us today. He says, Then will I teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. He said, First I need to make sure that my life is right with God, and after that I'm going to go tell everyone about how good my God is. Not just how good, but going back to our first point, how just. If we do wrong, we will receive the reward of those who have done wrong. But we have to remember the joy of our salvation. We have to remember that we are blessed with the joy of freedom from sin. I want us to go to Romans for a moment. Romans chapter 8. We'll look at the first two verses of this chapter and then go back to Romans 6 for a second. Romans 8, beginning in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. If we are New Testament Christians... If we are following after God, if we are focusing on the teachings of the New Testament, if we are living as Christians, we have been freed from sin and death. Can one go back into it? Yes, but the fact of the matter is, is we ought to be living, we ought to be remembering ourselves as free people, free from the wages of sin, of death. We go back. We go back to Romans 6, beginning in verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we shall not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. We put that old man of sin to death. We turn away from it. We turn, rather, unto life and life everlasting through the remembrance of our joy of the freedom of sin, living that Christian life, following after our Savior, following after the word that we have been given. And with all of that, we ought to walk around with a joy, the pure and honest joy that we can say we have in eternity with our God in heaven. We look at passages like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18, talking about the resurrection. We have passages like 1 Corinthians 15, verses 2 through, rather 52 through 58, talking about how death has no more sting, how grave has no more victory over us as Christians. Why? Because through Christ we have the victory. Brethren, I want us to think about this for a moment. Do we have the joy that comes with knowing if we were to pass in this very moment that we will have a home in heaven 
with our God and our Father. Paul said to the Philippian brethren in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 23 that though he had been beaten, though he had gone through difficult times, he says in verse 21, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I know not, for I am a straight uh, in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with God, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide with you in the faith, uh, in the flesh is more needful for you. I want us to think about this for a moment. Do we keep in mind the joy that we have of our salvation? Do we keep in mind the Word of God and the importance that it should have in our life? Do we keep God in our mind ever before us as our eyelids are? Are we able to say that I know my God? Are we able to say that I know that my Redeemer lives? Are we able to say that I know if my time is up right now that I have a home in heaven? Keep these things in mind. Keep growing. Keep focusing on God's Word. Keep focusing on God and always live with joy and excitement in your life because you are a Christian. And if you are not, I beg and plead with you, turn away from that life of sin. Turn to the Gospel. Turn to God's Word. And never look back. I hope this lesson has been encouraging, uplifting, and hopefully it's even been something that you can apply to your life and something that you, as a human being, can begin to remember and mold your life around. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully it won't be too long before we upload another podcast. I hope you have a great day. Thank you.